With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. This is Chloe, and we are so glad you're listening to the podcast. And even though we're in between seasons doing some really great bonus episodes, we wanted to still equip you right now with some really practical, helpful content to encourage you in this season where I know all of us are facing so many tensions in decisions that we have to make with our kids or our jobs or our health, our families. And so we wanted to bring you some of the very best parts of If Lead 2020. If Lead is available all year with the digital access pass. You can get the digital access pass for only 30 bucks. It's crazy, guys. You get to hear sessions from people like Beth Moore, John Mark Comer, Tammy and Kirk Franklin, Chris Kane, Joe Saxton, Ruth Simons. It goes on. Guys, there are so many amazing sessions that I was taking tons and tons of notes. You want to get this access pass grab a few friends, sit on your front porch, get some coffee and do this. Take a day to recharge, to regroup and just pray and be together. So go to iflead2020.com and get your digital access pass today. And now here's Dr. Anita Phillips. excited today because we are going to get to have a great conversation with one of my new friends, Dr. Anita. You are going to love it because here's the deal. We are fighting inward battles in a bigger way than we ever have been. I got to meet Dr. Anita not that long ago and we were on the phone together for about an hour and we were just talking about this interview and somehow I ended up with an hour of free counseling because what I found as a leader, and, and Dr. Anita, we'll start right here. What I found, find as a leader right now is that there are things that I'm fighting that I can't describe, I can't name. I have an anxiety on a regular basis, and yet none of my family members have gotten COVID yet. My finances are still enough for us to survive the year. Um, my, my team, we have not had to let anybody go yet. So I'm sitting there going, okay, what is this anxiety I feel when, you know, pragmatically everything feels okay? So let's talk a little bit about your view of this season and what it's costing us. It's costing all of us an experience in our bodies. It really is a trauma. This pandemic, 2020 overall, has been a mass trauma. And we're responding to it physically, regardless of what we're actually going through. It's so important for us as leaders to recognize that we don't have to earn the right to feel badly. We don't have to suffer something specific for our emotions to be valid. Your body is trying to tell you that it's under pressure, that it needs something, that something is going on. And we have to listen to what our bodies are telling us and respond. And I think that's freeing for me because I think as leaders too, we can feel a little bit guilty, like other people have it worse. And you actually use the words trauma, that, that all of us collectively in the world right now are experiencing a trauma. So discuss that just a little bit because it does 
That feels like a dramatic word, but you don't think that's too dramatic. I don't think it's too dramatic at all. You know, when you're in the moment, sometimes it's hard to see. But when we look back over history, right, when we look at past pandemics and massive incidents that we've, we've lived through, like 9-11, looking back, we all recognize that those are traumatic experiences. We don't have to wait until this is over to recognize what is happening. We are experiencing a trauma. There is a, a disease loose among us that we've never heard of before hundreds of thousands of people are dying. We are dealing with racial tensions. We are dealing with financial tensions. There's so much unknown that this is a bona fide trauma. And our nervous systems, as a result, are activated in the presence of this anxiety, in the presence of this uncertainty, in the presence of this fear. And when our nervous system is activated in that way, it begins to kind of pull on our body. So people may not only be feeling emotions like anxiety, fear, sadness, but also physically fatigued, digestive problems, racing heart, shortness of breath, even when they're not exerting themselves, and thinking, what is wrong with me? Your body is perfectly aware of what's going on, even if in your mind you're trying to tell yourself that it's nothing. And this is your expertise. I want you yes. just to tell everybody a little bit about what you do and what you're so passionate about. Sure, so I'm a licensed mental health therapist and I specialize in trauma recovery. I am also a woman of faith and so I do my work at the intersection of faith and mental health. Specifically, I translate from what the Word of God says to what we're trying to say in the field of psychology to let everyone know that as Christians, we are spirit, soul, and body, and we have to attend to every single part in order for us to be well overall. And this is more important for leaders than anyone, especially right now, because we aren't leading people through something that we've already been through and recovered from. We are going through it at the same time as the people who are following us. So that's very unique. As ministry leaders, especially, I think we're used to giving our testimonies and being transparent about what we've come through. But it's a little disconcerting to have to talk about what you're going through while you're trying to lead other people through it. So we're having a Moses kind of moment right now. <laughs> we're going step by step. He was right with the children of Israel in those plagues as they went through the wilderness, as they stood at the edge of the Red Sea. That's a very specific type of stature um, in leadership. And we have to embrace that right now because you know what? It's a little scary. I remember the first time I realized this, we were actually together on a call with a bunch of leaders that care about the church and, and our servants to the church in different ways. And we were all meeting to pray. And, and I remember everybody starting, you know, these women, these heroes in the faith starting to share their fears. And I mean, with boldness, right? Like there, there wasn't, no one was consumed by it. But I just realized like, oh gosh, these are the top level of leaders, thinkers, and we're all scared. And yep. we're all going through this together. And and I think you're right. I think there's something sacred in that, though. Like, what does it look like then as leaders to do that well? And how do we not push aside our own feelings? Because I think if we push those aside, they just kind of grow, or so I've noticed, because <laughs> I'm good at that. Definitely do. <laughs> yeah, they definitely do. Humility is our superpower right now. And humility is about acknowledging both your strengths and your weaknesses and not allowing your weaknesses to be something that you use to value or devalue yourself. So often as leaders, we're holding ourselves to a high standard and we should, but we don't need to hold ourselves to a superhuman standard. So in that space of humility, we can all say, look, 
2 Corinthians 4, 7, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of him and not of us. And we are feeling extra earthen right now. And to rest in that and to be honest about that, but to still be able to speak to God's goodness, to still be able to declare what we believe about God and his goodness and his assurance of our future. That is where we really show people what it means to lead in this moment, not by being superheroes, but by being earthen vessels by being human beings who absolutely trust God. But that's hard because of our pride. Because <laughs> it uh, is hard. Yeah, pride is definitely a part of it. But you know what else? We have, we all struggle with wanting to not be in the presence of emotional pain. Nobody wants to hurt. And so when emotional pain comes, how we deal with it individually in our personal lives is, is really the thing. Because if we're trying to hurry up and not be in pain, then we will rush those we lead to be out of pain as well. Oh, you're going to be okay. Throw some scriptures on top of it and go for it and run away. And we think we're spiritually leading them. But what we're really trying to do is escape what it feels like to hurt. And so we're going to have to be willing to be in the presence of pain a little bit more than maybe we have in the past because we're in such an uncertain time. But to recognize that it is not a judgment on us spiritually. So often as Christians, we feel like, well, we're failing spiritually. If I'm not at peace and I, if I'm not full of joy every moment, then I'm not bearing the fruit of the spirit. And we start condemning ourselves. But it's Satan who accuses the saints. Don't allow his voice to take on your voice to accuse you. You are still a human being. We saw Jesus Christ experience every emotion, right? The Bible says we have not a high priest who cannot be touched by what? The feelings of our infirmities, not the thoughts of our infirmities, the feelings. Jesus actually took on flesh so he would know how we feel. That's how much he loved us. And now he's interceding for us from a place of knowledge about where we are in our feelings. And the Bible goes on to say that if we want to lead other people, then we too are going to be turned out of the way. That means we're going to have to feel some stuff too. And in walking through that, we are able to lead others through that as well. But we have to make sure that we allow the Bible to divide between soul and spirit. Because when we start blaming our spirit for what's happening in our soul, and that's where our emotions live, we are off uh, balance at that point. And we're not giving credence to the fact that somehow we're carrying this treasure in our bodies, which are fallen and imperfect, and which produce feelings because emotions happen in our hearts metaphorically, but they also happen in our bodies. And we know that our bodies are imperfect. They're corruptible. And so they're going to do stuff. But that doesn't mean that I don't know who Jesus is and that I'm not following him because I'm living in this human body. Anxiety. It's everywhere. You said that you have been seeing it everywhere as well. Absolutely. Let's talk about it. It's the fear of the unknown. And mm -hmm. we've got a lot of that. So talk about that feeling and what we need to pay attention to and what does it look like for us to walk through this in a better way than we have the last couple months? Because realistically, this might be a long road. And so yeah. I think we're all coming to terms with that right now. You know, as we head into the fall, it's like, oh yeah, okay, this isn't over. So what does it look like to struggle well with specifically that word anxiety? You know, anxiety is a normal human emotion and it comes up particularly when we have something in front of us that we are unsure about, whether it's we're about to take a test or have a job interview, that's everyday anxiety. But many of us are beginning to experience kind of this lasting underlying anxiety where we are facing the unknown in a way that we never have before. And so it gets into our bodies and it gets into our thoughts. 
And so it's important for us to absolutely engage in those thoughts, bring thoughts into captivity, don't allow them to run wild when, with all of the what ifs. But after you do that, I also want you to pay attention to your body. The signs that your body is anxious means that you might need to slow down and actually take care of your body. We try to fight it with our minds, but our bodies are do some, doing something. In Romans chapter seven, Paul talks about us having this wrestling match with our flesh. He says, there's a law in my member warring against the law in my mind. Paul was sin free in terms of actions, but he had a fallen body just like the rest of us. So when your body is acting up, when your heart is racing, when your chest feels tight, when your sleep is being disrupted, stomach aches, headaches, these are all signs of anxiety in our bodies. Recognize that's the law in your member. It's a fallen part of us. It's our bodies. And you can actually take care of your body. Slow down. Do some deep breathing. Engage in some uh, meditation where you're breathing and thinking about the word of God. Um, go for a run. Eat something that you like. Snuggle in a cozy blanket. Anything you can do to stimulate your senses positively. So sight, sound, taste, touch, anything you can do to see something beautiful, hear something beautiful, touch something comforting will help to deactivate your nervous system in a way that brings your body back into balance. So in short, we need to be really extra good to ourselves right now in order to counteract that constantly heightened state. I want to ask you a personal question. Yeah. What are you anxious about right now? What has this looked Man. like in your life? I can't say that I'm anxious about anything specific, but I'm definitely anxious about how far this is going to go. How long will this go? You know, I'm wondering. So there's that what if, what if, what if. Um, the idea of getting sick definitely tries to come and disrupt my thought process a lot. Like you have been blessed that none of my immediate family, immediate loved ones have been sick. I haven't been sick, but it does stress me out, you know, going out to that grocery store trip and getting that mask on and touching certain things. So I, I feel it happening. And what I do is I make sure that I talk to myself, Anita, these are the facts. This is what we know is true. These are the um, actions and steps that you take to keep your family safe. We always pray. We absolutely do. Um, but we have to make sure that we don't allow our minds to run away with us. And that's one of the things I'm really careful about. And exercise is huge for me. I mean, on a day that I don't go for a run, I can feel the difference. On a day when I haven't slept well, I can feel the difference. And so I manage my body very uh, carefully so that I can lead, so that I can say, I feel what you feel, and this is how I'm standing up to it. Yeah. That doesn't mean I don't experience it, but this is how I'm standing up to it. That is the number one thing I can do as a leader in the mental health field right now, as a leader in ministry, as a leader in my family, is to say, I'm feeling it, I'm with you, and I am doing the fight that's necessary to prove to you that it's possible. When someone's trying to decide, is this anxiety that I need to go to a doctor for, that I need to go to a counselor for, how do you advise them to make that decision? Versus, because well, right now well, it's like the whole, probably the whole world feels like they could use a counselor, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. First of all, therapy is always a good idea. Therapy is not for mentally ill people. Therapy is for people. That's it. And we don't want to wait to go to a therapist until we feel like we're falling apart. Just like you're not going to wait to go to a doctor until you feel like you're dying. So I think everyone should see a therapist at some point in their life. Just go in there and be like, hey, let's find out if there's anything that I can do better or any way that I can function better. But if after you have put into action some of the everyday things that we know can reduce anxiety, like having a regular 
sleep schedule, getting up at the same time every day, going to bed at the same time every night, getting caffeine out of your life. Hey, caffeine. I know a lot of people just turned us off, but that cup of coffee or two can really escalate anxiety. Whereas six months ago, it may have been no issue, but because underlying anxiety is higher, the caffeine may now be a problem. So people may need to cut back on or take caffeine out of their diet, cut back on sugar, um, do some fun exercise, dance, listen to music, self-care. If none of those things are bringing your anxiety down, then I would say you definitely want to reach out to a counselor to ask for help. Now, I want you to go to a mental health professional. I don't want you to just go to your general doctor about it and just get a medication without also being in a counseling space because it really undermines the effectiveness. Nothing um, is perfect. There's no silver bullet and you are going to have to do some mental work and therapy will teach you those tools. So I'd prefer you go to a therapist who can connect you with a psychiatrist if you end up needing medication. You might not, but if you end up needing it, a therapist can help you make that decision versus just going to your general practitioner. That's not ideal. I really want people in that counseling space. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. What I want to say to all of you listening right now is this, that you are not alone, that mental illness is real, that many of you do need to take that step and call a counselor and to get medicine. And that is not something to be ashamed of. That does not mean you're an extra sin necessarily. That is the brokenness of our bodies. That is the brokenness of our minds. And that is a result of the fall. So we are broken together and, and we all at different points in our life will need different help. So to all of you who lead a lot of people, Make sure that you're leading yourself. Make sure that you have time uh, set aside where you are, you are protecting your mind, that you are protecting your body and making sure that all of the pieces are working as well as they can. Because there are things we can't control. If I never needed to give a sermon about that, right now would be the time I never need to give a sermon about that. We all know that. But there are things that we can control. And I don't know how much y'all know about my story, but my husband and I both have struggled and walked through seasons of this where we've both at different points sought counseling, required medicine in our lives for seasons. So we are fans and we believe that God can use those tools. So thank you guys. Dr. Anita, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. listening guys we are so glad you're here if you are new to this podcast and you're just starting to listen would you leave a review and let us know you're here that's one way that we can get to know you know your name where you're from and that you've enjoyed listening to the show thanks again for listening we'll see you for another episode of the made for this podcast biggest international festival for the business of podcasting is back. The Podcast Show London will bring together thousands of podcast creators under one roof on the 22nd and 23rd of May. Also featuring major industry players, global brands and some of the most iconic voices in podcasting. Plus creator meetups, networking and an evening festival of unmissable live shows. Passes from £89. Book yours now at thepodcastshowlondon.com. <laughs>